Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Sound and Vision. We're at Detroit, Michigan, Motor Town, in the midst of a huge amount of regeneration. Everywhere you look downtown, there are new building projects, and Belle Isle has been, well, transformed over the decades that the race has been running on this circuit. Not a typical street track. There's some flowing corners. The action area is down at the end of the first straight at the right hand at turn three into the heavy braking area at turn seven at the end of the strand with the river on the driver's left around Scott's Fountain and possibility of a overtake at the beginning or if you will the end of the lap uh, coming into turn one across the start finish line but that's not a dead straight run into that first corner there's been a lot of rain here over the last few months which means that the public areas in this public park of course for the rest of the year are very green and very pleasant indeed a big crowd on hand friday for the free pre-friday and here on saturday where the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is the featured event here on Saturday. The fountain is running and that's where we'll be handing the trophies out at the end of the race today. Let's go down to Shea Adam in the pit lane and the atmosphere building very nicely, Shea. I am pumped up right now, John. Uh, the last four cars in line are being moved right now by their mechanics to make it so that they can get through the RFID reader at the pit exit. That's special for the Michelin tires, so Michelin know who is on what. They have to pass through it when they leave the pit lane after every pit stop. And we've got both of the Penske's, the 55 Acura, the 31 Wayland Engineering Cadillac, and now the five Mustang Sampling Cadillac. They have all been moved into position. For everybody else, it's not going to be a tight fit. For those five, it would have been. The most famous, the most famous words in motorsport in the background there is the engines have indeed been fired up and we are ready to go racing. 23 cars. The formalities now completed. And we welcome those of you here at the track back to the global broadcast on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Thanks to Tony Laporta for the formalities and the rest of the IMSA team who have uh, run that down on pit lane with sparkling accuracy as ever. The Chevrolet Corvette safety car is about to pull out. That hasn't had to go through the RFID chip reader, which is at the end of the pit lane, having been reinstalled after the IndyCar qualifying. No spoilers for that, particularly for those of you in the UK who are still watching that on Sky Sports F1 being uh, replayed slightly uh, behind time there. Rolling off on the first of a couple of formation laps here, Jeremy Shaw is alongside me. Our Porsche keys to the race, Jeremy. Track position, very important on any street circuit and this is no, this is uh, no exception. It, it isn't uh, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got some fast cars at the front, we've got some fast cars uh, 
close behind as well. And this is anybody's race now. And everybody's going to be keeping an eye on the sky, but also going to be watching their competitors around them as well. Uh, tyres and the tyres. Do we even take tyres here? This is not a particularly abrasive circuit. You don't get what you, you hear the teams talking about, tyre de degradation. And the Michelins have been outstanding here. One from Pablo Montoya said in the... Uh, pull position interview with Shea Adam yesterday. You can't kill these tyres. They just keep coming back for more. There is a slight performance advantage with a new tyre. Is it enough to risk changing the tyres on pit lane? Yeah, tricky one. Uh, you know, th there's so many decisions the teams are going to have to make during this short race. It'll be uh, hopefully one pit stop for the for the DPI cars, but possibly two if it's uh, if it is all green and if it's a fast pace. I have to see. That's another factor, of course. Do you uh, if the, these cars can generally do about 45 minutes or so on a on a full tank of fuel plus of course we have the uh, the two pace laps as well so you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be marginal if if there isn't a full course caution it will be marginal to get to the end on just one pit stop for the prototypes dp dt uh, gtds no problem but it's not even a second full tank of fuel is it let's no, be honest for no, the gt no, cars. exactly right uh, so, you know, it, there's certainly a, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made and the drivers are going to have to do their parts, but so are the engineers on the pit lane as well. And, and that makes GT Daytona actually quite interesting. Do you just go as long as you can into the race and then splash at the end of the race? Or do you go just far enough to use enough fuel to get enough in to get you to the end and take your pit stop really early and then say, right, I'll take my chances now, I can fight. But if I go full course yellow, I'm going to make up some positions because I've already done my pit stop. Yeah, if you've already done your pit stop, that's the key because the pits are closed uh, when they have a full course caution. So if the pits are closed and you've already made your pit stop, as long as you're still on the lead lap, then when everybody else comes onto pit lane, you're going to cycle around on the racetrack and you're going to come out ahead of the guys who have already... Uh, who have not yet made their stops. So, you know, there's so many uh, factors to play out here. Uh, and yeah, I was talking to some of the teams, uh, for example, the G one of the JDC cars, with Michel Goitberg and Tristan Vautier. Vautier, particularly around here, is a good bit faster than Misha. Uh, was uh, uh, and that there indeed was a, a chance that they might qu qualify Tristan. If he could qualify at the front and get you know, hand over the car to Misha Grotberg in a really good position, then it's going to be tough for the other guys to get around Misha. That was certainly something they were considering. Unfortunately, Misha had a crash yesterday yeah. during the, uh, one of the practice sessions. That cost him quite a bit of track time, and he's not really quite up to speed yet. So they, they went back to their original plan, but certainly that was one thing that the team was considering. Misha did get a little bit of extra race because he uh, race time because track time because he was racing a tier two in the Trans Am. I noticed he was coming into the pit lane when I was walking back out again. That was quite He'll race anything. Smart. That guy. Well, yeah, but he races. He races in Trans Am. He races in F sixteen hundred as well on on the uh, on the East Coast. He's, he's a racer. I love it. So in just over a hundred minutes' time, what will we be talking about in Michelin post race tech? Where will be the turning point of the race? What will be the points uh, arising? I'm not sure. But we'll find out shortly. The hashtag is MichelinPRT to at IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch with us, we'll keep an eye on that as much as we can. But the cars are coming into their side-by-side -side formation. The lights are out on the Corvette safety car. And leading them to the line will be our pole sitter for the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic. Juan Montoya with Elio Castro Neves. His teammate, it's the six and seven Acura team Penske DBIs on the front row. Split second row, the 55 Jonathan Bomarino, the dark red Mazda, almost looks black sometimes in the sunlight. And alongside that, the unmistakable red, very bright red and white of Pipo Durrani in the wheel engineering 31 Cadillac. 
Row three, two Cadillacs. Joao Barbosa in the dark grey, number five. Teammate to the 31, and then the gloss black, number 10. In the sixth position, Ringer van der Zander. In GTD, Porsche from two Acuras, from two Lexus. Two beautiful rows of cars. It's a direct start. There's no split between the two different classes and the two Penske's come to the line. The green flag is in hand on the start. It's down to my left beyond the Chevrolet Bridge. One hour and 40 minutes, 100 minutes. Oh, they've gone really, really early. They've jumped away. That's a fantastic start. The Master down the inside. He's up into second. Bomberito, fantastic start. Squeezed into a gap that was only just a Mazda side. And Paul Miller's gone around. The Paul Miller's gone around with the WeatherTech car, I think it was. Cooper, yeah, Ryan Hardwick and Cooper McNeil into the barriers at turn one. So that will bring out a full course caution very early. The Paul Miller car defending series champions, that car. But what a start by Bomarino. Went through the gap on the right-hand side as they came to the green flag that must have been an inch either side wider than the Mazda and followed through then into fourth position by people, uh, into third position rather by people Tirani in the red and white 31. But we are under full course yellow and we will see that Corvette back out on the track to lead the cars around. Well, what a start by Bomarito. Knew he had to do it early and did exactly that. Yeah, and I'm sure Eric Castro probably won't be particularly happy with his teammate there because he kind of uh, he just left him for dead at the start and Elio wasn't expecting him to, clearly to go so soon. Uh, Bomarito, he was ready for anything and he just nailed the throttle as soon as he saw pa uh, Pablo Montoya do that and he was able to sneak alongside him and then a really opportunist move at turn one by Pipo Durrani in the Cadillac to squeeze through into third place. So uh, poor old Adrian Castro Neves uh, has now got a lot of work to do. A three-time winner here in the past in uh, oh, in 2000, 2001 and 2014 for Team Penske in the IndyCars but he's got some work to do now. Absolutely brilliant start by Bomarito and by Durrani. Well, you don't have to give any of those two young charges a second <laughs> invitation. It was quite a heavy hit uh, in the rear, the right rear of the 63 Ferrari, which then pitched him sideways into the wall. Oh, no, it was the other way around. So it was Cooper that went into... Ryan Hardwick there. I thought Cooper had been turned around from the back. In fact, that was not the case. Hardwick still moving and gets into the pits right in front of the IMSA broadcast booth. And Shea Adam is looking at a championship winning car from last year that's looking a little bit pre-loved. Mm, ever since they put the blue on it, John, it hasn't had much good luck at all for the Paul Miller Racing team. They uh, have taken the right rear tire off. There's quite a bit of damage to that portion of the car. They've got the good old Bondo tape out, though, and they're going to try and piece it back together for Ryan Hardwick, a jet ski racing champion, who is quite looking forward to the opportunity to perhaps splash in the fountain here at Belle Isle. But uh, the tire has some marks on it as if it was actually rubbing up against the bodywork so this is going to be a little bit more than severe than just trying to fix the bodywork around the back he's going to be missing a lot of downforce on the right rear of this car john i i wouldn't be so convinced that the suspension is all good and he did come in when the pits were closed because we are under full course caution so they can only do emergency service at this point good news is that cooper mcneil is out of the 63 car good news that he's not hurt so Cooper going into the first corner, 
just yeah, seemed sure to understeer into the right rear of the Lamborghini. There was, there was enough room, wasn't there? He was carrying way too much speed. Yeah. I mean, he, there, were, there were three cars behind, between them uh, at the at the start, and all of a sudden there he is, unfortunately, just trying to carry too much speed. They got down the inside of, of uh, who was that? I think it was John Potter. Uh, who'd left the door, you know, left the door open, so uh, Cooper squeezed through there, but he was just carrying too much speed when he got to the apex, and and uh, you, you got to feel for both of them. It's been a really frustrating weekend for this WeatherTech team. They had a, a clutch problem yesterday in the second practice session, uh, and they, there wasn't enough time to change the clutch be, be, before qualifying, so they just kind of had to do the best they could in a qualifying session. As uh, Tony Vilando is not even going to get a chance, I don't think, to drive perhaps even this afternoon, and that's disappointing for him. So uh, that means he's, uh, he's never raced here still. That's still racing. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, the clutch lift was for, above both 5, those guys. Ryan Hardwick, he's really working super hard. Uh, new to the to this level of racing, he's done a year in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. But t chatting to him this morning, you know, this is a completely different car uh, to the Lamborghini Super Trofeo series. Yes, it's still a Lamborghini, and yes, it's still GT3 based. But uh, this is a very different animal indeed. But he's he's working hard. He's doing all the sim work. He's training super hard in and out of the car. Is Ryan Hardwick, and to have uh, uh, you know his uh, his race maybe not ended, but certainly uh, brought to a uh, a bit of a, a, a an, an early uh, end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looks like it. Um, it's a shame. I think he's dropped off the lead lap, hasn't he? he yes, has, he yeah. has. He's Even in the bits, class. Uh, or has he gone out? Oh, he's gone out. Oh, he might be. He might be okay. He might be still on the lead lap. Uh, okay, he might be still on the lead lap in GTD, but I'm not sure about. It. Let's see when I he comes. See where he where when he, he comes back out. around, and we're live around the world from trackside. That, that, that was him whizzing yeah, so by us there. So he so is on the lead lap. Okay, live around the world on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV, brought together to bring the, to bring the biggest community of sports car fans in the world together. Fantastic wherever you are. A lot of people watching and listening in France getting ready for test day at Le Mans tomorrow. And don't forget the only place that you can pick up live commentary and coverage from the pit lane and indeed looking at the times in those two four-hour sessions with plenty of IMSA drivers making the trip tonight, by the way, to the centre of France in the Le Mans 24-hour test day. Uh, that's over on our sister channel RS1. Joe Bradley and Johnny Palmer will be anchoring the coverage with uh, technical experts dropping in as well. And if you want more details about that, go to www.radio-show.co.uk. Scroll down to the bottom. That's where all the schedule information is and that auto converts to your own time zone. So follow the IMSA drivers on their quest for the 24-hour glory at Le Mans this year over on RS1, Mobile One Radio Le Mans, 91.2 FM at the track. And I can't wait to get there on Thursday. Talking to Harry Tickle about that uh, just about an hour ago, and he was saying he's still pinching himself. You know, he, he finishes the race here as the plan. Hopefully, he'll be at least on the podium. Uh, then he's going to go straight to the airport here, hop on a plane, gets off the plane in the morning, and, and they're ready to go at Le Mans uh, tomorrow morning. He's, he's still pinching himself. He can't believe it. It's nine like o'clock French time. Uh, that's uh, Central plane, European yeah, time. Nine till one, and then uh, two till six. Tomorrow, those two. Go green, then. Since, uh, to not yet. We've still got cars on the circuit, which gives me a chance to say hello to Marion and Sarah Champlain, who have been looking after our needs food-wise for many years in the IMSA paddock. Not here this weekend, not one of the races they come to, but I know they've been tuned in all through the weekend to listening to what's going on. So Marion, Champagne, and the Marion and Sandra, thank you very much indeed 
for all of your work and uh, thanks for tuning in as well. The good news, if there is any good news, there's caution period and there certainly isn't any for number 63 or there probably is for the 48 actually because he's able now to, to rejoin at the back of the pack. Uh, but um, it's, uh, it's good news for the, for the prototypes because this should mean that they are able to get to the end of the race with just the one pit stop. But it will have to be pretty much to that halfway mark if they're not going to have to make a second stop onto the, onto the pit lane. How long can the GTD cars go? An hour and ten? An hour and fifteen? No, yeah, yeah, hour and a bit, certainly. Right. Yeah, hour and, yeah, hour and ten or so. Yes, that's about right. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that then. Uh, we've got another lap or so still under full course yellow. If you're just joining us live here at the raceway on Belle Isle. Quite a long time to get that uh, Porsche uh, Ferrari loaded up, isn't it? Yeah, damage to the left front suspension on that car. Chevrolet Sports Car Classic with still 90 minutes to run. Also, a big hello to Marshall Pruitt. Not with us this weekend. You're both in our thoughts, MP. Hopefully see you soon. Beautiful day to be here at the raceway on Belle Isle. One or two people out in the river, just watching on. Uh, however, just north of us, and north and west of us, there is a weather front that is looking fairly menacing. I'm, I'm going to look on the bright side and say that it will pass to the north of us. So still just waiting for that 63 car to get completely loaded on. It is now. It is on the back of the truck. Shit, Adam is down at that end of pit lane and can see the hard-working marshals. And thank you to our marshal volunteers, whether they're parking cars, punching tickets, or waving flags, picking up cars, or on the... Intervention teams, we simply can't go motor racing without all of those volunteers giving up their time. And as a proud ambassador for the British Motorsports Marshals Club, I know exactly how much goes in, work goes in behind the scenes. And also as a FIA license holder, race license holder, I know that uh, my life is in their hands when I'm out there. So thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen, for all your hard work and all the time that you give up so that we can go motor racing, whether we're watching it commentating on it or participating in it your efforts are much appreciated how's it going at turn one share adam the good news is that those very hard-working marshals and track service workers have had a lot of practice this weekend cleaning up cars from turn one and putting them onto flatbeds well more than that we would want them to have normally so they've been able to get this done in a very quick and efficient manner the 63 scooter of course ferrari is on the back of the flatbed flatbed is now pulling away that will go through turn one go through turn two so the car will actually go through turn two at least once during the race unfortunately and then make a hard right back into the paddock the safety crew has now made its way off the track as well we should be going back to green race the pits should not open correct when back to green We've seen that. Lights are out in the safety car. Uh, as a result of that, number 48 car will have to do a drive-through penalty for, for servicing the car during a closed pit. Okay, that means they are likely to drop off the lead lap. Yeah, they should be able to, to do a drive-through and, and stay on the lead lap, because it's a fairly long lap around here. Uh, so, But it, they'll certainly be uh, way off the back of the pack of everybody else. Well, take a deep breath, everybody, as we head towards a green flag restart here in the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic, live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. 
from Trackside. Our team of Shea, Adam, Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindorf, looking forward to this action. Oh, well, you know, we barely got two corners and we got plenty of action yeah. on the start. Let's hope for a little more. It was an outstanding start at the front of the field by Mazda and the 31 of people Durrani. Not so good for Cooper McNeil coming into heavy contact with the 48 of Ryan Hardwick and the Lamborghini struggling away. And it's an... That's a replay. And it's a, another restart to come. But this time, Juan Montoya will not have his teammate next to him. Look to our right. He's gone. He's gone again, super early. And that's caught out second and third. And at the moment, it looks like Pete Durrani's got the best start of the top three, other than the leader, who's pulled out, what, three, four, five cars lengths. And it's a bit of a defence into turn one for the dark red Mazda going through and taking a position in the battle of the Cadillacs. Joao Barbosa ahead of Rangel van der Zander. Actually, I think he got that done just about the start line, maybe a little bit before no, they, it. They, they stayed in the same order, in fact, uh, ah, John, but so uh, Rangel van der Zander was trying yeah. to make a move and uh, a pretty big save there by, by both of them. But muscling through, Simon Trummer in the bright yellow yes. JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac. Three Cadillacs in behind the second of the accurate team Penske. So Castro Neves has Barbosa, Trummer uh, and... Van der Zander now down to seventh position. Then the second of the Masters, the number 77 car. But his teammate, Jonathan Bomarito, J-Bomb. Well, someone's lit the fuse on the 55 car. Big sideways moment under braking at the end of the strand at turn seven. 63, Cooper McNeil has been assessed a penalty for that accident and the contact with the 48 at a drive-through. And you might think, well, why are they doing that? The car's on the back of a flatbed. Well, the car could be fixed, but also it sends a message to everybody else that that was unacceptable. Battle for second. Durrani down the inside. Clean move. Very clean move indeed, Jeremy, as he came through to turn 12. 12, yeah, at the end of the infield section. And he goes past us now. People has been released. And he's off after the leader, Juan Montoya. The Cadillac teams worried about the weight and the lack of power there, but that was a clean pass on the Mazda of Jonathan Bomarito by People Durrani. People, one of the drivers, he'll be off to France tomorrow, or tonight, should I say. He's driving a Ferrari in that race, and a Ferrari in very, very classic North American racing team blue colours for the Ferrari. That's going back a few years. It was a great pass by uh, was. by Pipo Durrani. Jonathan Bomarito just didn't get off turn 11 well, and and he left the door open. And uh, down the inside uh, comes Pipo Durrani. A really fine move by Durrani. Great battle going on at the front of GT Daytona. Those are the cars that look a little more straight. Zach Robichon started at the front of the field, and Christina Nielsen in second. And that's still how they're running at the moment. They pulled away just a little mm. bit from Trent Hinman in third. Then the two Lexus and a drive-through penalty. False start for the number 76 McLaren. Matt Plum, it's not been their weekend, has it, the Compass guys? He lined up on the wrong side of the grid on the restart. Uh, he must have been the original start, probably. Yeah, that must have been the original yeah. start. And they talked about that in the drivers' meeting. Battle for the lead. Top three go into turns one and two. There's barely three or four... DPI's length between them as they go over the bridge and down towards turn three. And it seems as though Elio Castro Neves' 
Acura team, Penske car in fourth position is coming alive as well as he's beginning to close the gap to the leading trio. Still an hour and 25 minutes to go. Pit stop to come. Weather closing in, but passing to the north of us, coming in from the west. Yeah, there's one cell that Oliver Askew is with us here. Uh, and he's, he was looking at his weather forecast just a little while ago. And uh, the, 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 the radar shows that there's a cell that's moved all the way past us yeah. to the north. Yeah, so you're right on that one, John. Let's hope the next one does the same. Smashing overtake. That was oh, a, and there was a touch yeah. between the 5 and the 10, the two Cadillacs. The Cunningham and Alta car got a great run coming to the line, going to the outside at turn one. Yeah. And then on the inside, moving back to the racing line, it looked as though that the number five car just moved across with Joao Barbosa. By the way, I've got to shake your hand, Oliver Askew, for the finish of the Freedom 100. That's from me and from Shea. That was an extraordinary. I don't think it was the full yard of bricks that you won by. It was magnificent. Well done, young man. So the leaders are just beginning to pull away. He's got a good handshake as well. I like, I like someone with a good handshake. Leaders are beginning to pull away. Just about a second, a second and a half to Bomarito. Now already the engineers will be talking to their drivers now that we've got the restart out of the way. The Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini is going again. It came into the pits for fuel and some more tape, but it has not yet served its penalty, I don't think. Uh, Shea Adam will confirm that for me. I, I, I'm pretty certain that has not had a, its Which penalty one? yet, the 48. Yes, yes sir. Yes, it has. Yes, it came in uh, right uh, after the restart. No, no, but it, it, it took service. service, so you can't take a penalty when oh, you take service. service. Correct. Yeah, okay, thanks, Shea. So what they'll do is they'll stay out for another couple of laps and then they'll do their pit stop. There he goes past us now, and that'll be very, very disappointing for those guys. Ryan Hardwick come up through the Lamborghini Challenge, the one of the development series here. We'll see those cars again at Watkins Glen. Always very exciting and uh, a very interesting addition to the Lamborghini races at Watkins Glen. With... Uh, a big name joining in. Not my announcement to make. I'll leave that. But uh, something we'll be talking about in a few weeks, I am sure, after Le Mans, uh, when the entry lists come out. But uh, talking to Christopher Wall from Lamborghini Scuderia Corsa and very excited about that. Going to have a lot of fun with that one. At the front of GTD, Zach Robichon is doing what Zach Robichon we've seen him do many, many times in. Porsche Cup races and he's checking out at the front of the field. Now here's the drive through for the McLaren for lining up on the wrong side and that is just a drive through at 7.20 Park yeah. Place Porsche leading and Zach Robichon a study in concentration. Mm. It's a busy track round here. There are a couple of straights Jeremy that you can just sort of relax the shoulders a little bit 
but there's a lot going on, even in the GTD cars around here. Yeah, there really is. There's not much room here to make a mistake and, and get away with it. So it is uh, intense concentration required around here. Interesting to me is the, the pace of Juan Pablo Montoya at the head of the field. Uh, Durrani is absolutely staying with him. In fact, uh, oftentimes it's been Durrani who's got the fastest lap. Uh, the last couple of laps, it was uh, Durrani, three of the last four laps, that Durrani was the quickest car on the racetrack. This time around, it's actually Jonathan Bomarito in third position but uh, Montoya he's just managing his pace at this stage he knows it's still fairly tight uh, in terms of making one pit stop so 123.8 this time around that was his uh, best lap of the race uh, so far uh, but that's uh, some way short of what that car is capable of it's certainly capable of running in the uh, in the 21s at, at, at uh, well at worst really uh, but so he's, he's cutting his pace on, he's just managing his speed at the moment uh, and looking after the fuel consumption, trying to save as much fuel as he can and not burn up as much fuel uh, as, uh, as possible in order to make sure that he can just make the re end of this race on one pit stop. I'm absolutely intrigued to see what the pit stop strategies are for the Daytona prototypes. And Porsche keys to the race on pit stop strategy. Two tyres left-hand sides they're the ones that get the hammer around here but it's not a high degradation circuit it doesn't work the michelin rubber that hard two tires side two tires rears some of the gt teams talking about that absolutely yeah lexus almost certainly will go for two new michelins at the back michelins by the way welcome back to racing on beautiful belle isle over a decade since uh, Michelin were last here competing as the leaders come to put a lap on Ryan Hardwick in the 48 Lamborghini down towards turn three. Through goes Montoya. Second place, Wheel and Engineering 31 Cadillac doesn't get the cleanest of runs. Is that an opportunity for Jonathan Bomarino in the 55 as he reaches the Lamborghini coming out of a corner? Lost a little bit last time, I think, than the two cars ahead of him and Bomarino beginning to close in now onto the red and white wheel and Cadillac ahead, Acura, Cadillac, Mazda, Acura, then three Cadillacs, eighth position, Justin Nunes in the second of the Cadillacs, ninth and tenth Cadillacs and the Nissan of, Nissan I should say here shouldn't I, uh, of John Bennett uh, is in eleventh position, Porsche leads GTD from two Acuras, then the two Lexus, then the Lamborghini of John Potter, seventh for the Audi of Parker Chase, then Robbie Foley by the way from the back of the grid is working his way up to eighth position, four positions made up, ninth is the Mercedes AMG, then the McLaren and uh, Ryan Hardwick after the pit stop is sitting in 11th place, no further laps scored for the 63. Tell you what, Ryan Hardwick had a bit of a wake-up call there because he had a Everybody train of five cars. Him. Yeah, they all got her bottled up Six. behind him, I think, going through uh, 12 and 13. Now they all whistle past him on the straight before, uh, the brief straight before start-finish line. There's a heck of a battle there for uh, fifth place on back in the prototypes. They are absolutely nose-to-tail. Six cars together. Mustang sampling Cadillac from JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac from the... Wayne Taylor Racing, Cunningham and Minolta car, then the 77 Mazda, then the second of the JDC cars, then Yunkos Racing, all in Linerston. I think I heard a little whimper or a scream from Ryan Hardwick <laughs> as he went past us. Did a good job, though. He, he really did. Held his line. That's all you can do. Yep. All you can do. It's in mixed racing, you get told if you're not in the fastest class, hold your line and let the quick guys go by. 
Can't be moving around on the track with us. That freight train of six DPIs coming through. Oh, and Robbie Foley's got past number eight car of uh, Parker Chase on that lap. And Gar Robinson, he's staying right with in the number 74 Lone Star Racing Mercedes. He's staying right with Parker Chase in the, in the Starworks Audi as well. It's a vertical bridge car. Leader passes us and down towards turn 10. The battle is in this huge group of six cars from Joao Barbosa in fifth, then Simon Trummer, Simon Trummer in the 84 car in sixth position. That's the bright yellow car. The 10 of Van der Zander is the glossy black car behind that. Leading trio beginning to close up again. And certainly second and third closing up as Bomarino well, yes. has another little look. But people's not being dropped. The well, Cadillac is not being dropped by the leader. That last time around, Montoya turned the fastest lap of the race, 123, uh, excuse me, 122.7. The fastest lap record here set last year by Felipe Nasser in the Cadillac, 121.6. So you know, I would expect that uh, record to go during this race. But uh, Montoya now, I think he's been uh, given about the all clear, but he's certainly unleashed himself just a little bit. He pulled away about half a second on that last lap. And it's going to be interesting to see now whether he can stretch out a little more. He, won't, he, he doesn't need to be too far ahead, but he, you know, as comfortable a margin as he can have, uh, would, uh, he would certainly prefer that. Just gets a little bit darker in the sky. Shea went out with full rain set up today, just in case. Um, have you stayed on the full rain setup? Have you gone intermediate now, Shea? No, no, I'm on. I'm on full slicks. Uh, I took off the full rain setup before the race began, in full anticipation of uh, the fire suit getting completely drenched <laughs> in rain. So, uh, so yeah, rain's now it's your fault. Exactly. No, I'm risking it. I, I'm, I'm willing to uh, take one for the team just to make a little bit of a more interesting race and to be. Uh, to do a PSA, because we do those every now and then. There are tornado sirens that are sounding around the track right now. That is just a test, so don't freak uh, out if you hear something really loud. Do you know, I thought um, there's something ringing in my ears there. I could hear those on the uh, effects coming in, and I wondered what it was. Thank you for that. An hour and 15 minutes still to go. Montoya leads by a full second now to Durrani in second. That's Acura versus Cadillac and Mazda in third position. Another... Well, about a second or so behind in GTD. It is Porsche from Acura by a couple of seconds and then a second further back. The second of the Acura is Trent Hinman in the 86 car. That's your Cadillac in race updates with Cadillac V-Series because real racers never take time off. And all of the top three each set their best laps of the race that time around, lap 14 in the books. It was the fastest lap of the race thus far by Juan Pablo Montour. But Pipe Durrani was re responded there, 22.05. Uh, it's actually half a second quicker on that last lap. Yeah. He, Battle he knows, for the lead. Battle yeah. for the lead now. And, and he knows the opportunities coming up here. We've got some back markers to work their way through. And that is going to be what Pipe Durrani is looking for. And also right behind him also is Jonathan Bomarito. Coming down to the end of the lap, they flash past us and head across the line and down towards the first corner. And all three cars get past the Turner Motorsport BMW through turn two across the bridge. Cars riding that very well again this year. And another lap going on the 48. Now the 48 just got a little bit in the way last time. It was not really their fault. Uh, excuse me, that's John Potter in the 44. My apologies, the two Lamborghinis uh, circulating still today which is good news for them so top three have got through action has died down for a moment let's go to the pit lane leading gtd porsche in the hands of zachary robichon what a debut for that young man in that team and his teammate pat long is with shannon 
Patrick, this is one of the tracks that you don't yet have a win at, sharing the car with Zachary. He's clearly doing a very good job, but how has the Porsche been for you? Yeah, the car's been really good this weekend. We rolled off the truck. We were happy from the onset. Uh, Zach Robichon is a star in the making. It's been great to watch him. Uh, he needs no introduction. He's doing an excellent job all season. Um, we're just going to have to play it right here. It's going to really come down to the pit stop. I was talking to Jeremy before the race, and clearly the key is a quick pit stop and uh, keeping away from this rain. Do you go early and chance the uh, rain coming in, or do you wait and do your normal window? Well, we're sort of backed into um, making it to the end on fuel, and it butts right against the minimum drive time for the silver or the amateur drivers. So uh, some will dive straight in, even though they're not good to, for fuel to the end, and play their luck of even saving fuel or looking for a yellow. But for us, we can't afford to do that as the leaders. So uh, it'll be just right there on the cusp. Hey, good luck, Patrick. Thank you. Oh, very interesting. Thanks, uh, Pat Long for giving us that great questioning from Shea Adam and great respect to all of our teams and drivers in the pit lane. Uh, super to work with, make our job very easy uh, indeed. Well, coming round to an hour and 10 minutes to go and that would mean that the drive time has been done for the silver or bronze driver and we've got movement on the pit lane. Shea Adam. The 86 Meyershank Racing Acura have their crew members standing up on the pit wall ready to receive their car, which would mean Trent Hinman with a very short drive time, but when you've got Super Mario Farbacher in here at Belle Isle, you kind of understand that. The other car that's up on the pit wall, the number 12 Lexus. They are anticipating Frankie Montecalvo coming in soon and handing over to Townsend Bell. Side by side for second place, and there's a touch and through goes the Mazda, uses the Lexus coming out of the fountain section as a bit of a screen as a pick there as they came through. Super opportunistic maneuver by Bomarito and goes into second. His teammate, by the way, Tristan Yunes, set the fastest lap of the race last time around. So those masters, Jeremy Shaw, might be the smallest engines of the DPI, but they're starting to find their stride. Yeah, they are. And uh, it was a, oh, you've got a feel frustration there for, for the number 31 car. He, he, he trying to make a move down the inside and he, he, he wasn't really quite incisive enough. He, wasn't, he didn't trust, perhaps, that uh, number 12 car. It was Frankie Montecalvo, wasn't it? And Frankie just kept his line through there, did absolutely everything right. And people could have stuffed it in there and decided not to. And he played the price because that allowed Jonathan Bomarito an opportunity to get alongside into turn 11. And then once again, Montecalvo did exactly what you're supposed to do. He didn't try and correct anything. Nah. He just kept to his line. And that just happened to be in the favor of car number 55. It's the 14. It's not Frankie. Beg your pardon. Yeah, it's high stand in that car. But, uh, well, you know, people will be a bit disappointed with himself and with the car ahead. And there was a touch as they came out of 11, just the slightest of rubs. But he leaves to fight another lap. Mm. And he's already right on the back of the Mazda as they go past the leader in GTD, the 73 Park Place Porsche. That's the dark grey with red striped car. And again, the Mazda gets the best of the traffic, and that's not always the way with Mazda. Uh, pits are close. We've got an incident on the circuit. Uh, and that is going to change everybody's strategy because now all of the GTD cars will come in, and it's... Well, that was... Victor Franzen, somebody's it? hit the wall and continued. That's what's happened at turn three. There's a bit of bodywork there, but it's a dark colour. It's not helping me at all. Oh, it's, it's the Junkos car. Yeah, it's the Junkos so. car. 
Well done, Jeremy. He's just slid it in the left rear of that car and wiped off a little bit of bodywork, but also disturbed the tyre wall on the driver's left-hand side of that right-hand corner. And he's going to need some attention to the left rear. They'll just take off the whole rear bodywork section and throw another one at it. And if it doesn't, that's always assuming that it doesn't uh, have an issue before that. OK, that was turn seven at the end of the strand. My apologies now that I see a slightly wider view of it. Thank you to our TV colleagues for that. And he just got in a little bit hot. There is a bump just as you come through the apex there. And if you're not quite on the right line, I'm going a tiny bit too quick. Just unsettles the back of the car. And Victor, I'm afraid, making uh, quite heavy contact there with the tyre wall, but fortunately with the tyre wall, because that was in front of a very, very unforgiving concrete yeah, wall and, behind and that, it. That ruins that strategy for uh, Meyershank Racing there, yeah. trying to uh, get that number 86 car into the pits, perhaps, uh, and now the pits are closed, so everybody's going to be on the same uh, strategy here now, and everybody's going to be coming into the to make their pit stop, or in GTD at least, uh, as... Uh, as soon as they can. This uh, Jeremy, just to confirm the drive time for uh, GT Daytona. It's uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. So we are, I think it's 30 for this race. It's a short one, isn't it? And just five for prototypes. That's just for... Yeah, 30 minutes, big bone. Yeah, 30 well minutes for the prototypes. Uh, 30 minutes for the GTTs, five minutes for the prototypes. Yeah. So we're inside that now. Uh, just so... Shit, Adam, I would presume that every single GT Daytona team are going to come in. Gulp. I'm going to have to have <laughs> 75 eyeballs to try and watch all these pit stops. Uh, interesting thing is that most teams have four tires up on the wall. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they will use all four, but they're not letting anybody else on the pit lane know what their strategy is until the car comes in, gets two tires, four tires, no tires, and then leaves again. So that's going to have to uh, be head on a swivel, I think, John. Yeah, and... It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it won't be a full fuel fill here, Shay. And um, they, they, they can change drivers super quickly here. So it's probably going to be the, the driver change or the tyre change if they do all four, which will be the longest of the thing. Because I think the fuel will only be... It's not even half a tank of fuel they're going to slam in. For who, for I will be shocked if anyone does all four tyres. Yeah, genuinely, well, John. Um, it's going to be... It's, uh, you know, it's an hour and six minutes to go. So uh, that's it's, it's more fuel than, than, than could have been, let's say. Uh, so uh, it's... But they've, um, had, they've already had a bit of yellow. I wonder if any of the prototypes will come in. Oh, oh, they'll all come in, yes. They'll all come in, and they will have to make another pit stop before the end of the race now because this is too early for the prototypes, and this is another, a lot of caution to be able to get to the end from here. So now it's six. now going to be a two-pit stop race for the prototypes. Oh, right, OK. Well, this one and a splash. We'll wait for the pits to open, and indeed, we get the word from race control that the pits have opened, and in IMSA yeah. WeatherTech Sports and Car competition, the two classes are split when they come into the pit lane. So the Daytona prototypes will come into the pit lane first. The GTDs will go around and they'll come back in next time. So, Shea, take a deep breath. <gasps> yeah, and just one quick note before that happens. There's a, there's a couple of GTD cars are still uh, running around trying to catch up with the back of the field. Behind them is uh, is John Bennett, number 54 uh, core autosport uh, Nissan. And so he's going to be quite some way behind the other prototypes when they come into the pits. Right, let's see what happens. Leader gets the first chance to pit, of course. Juan Montoya 
with an hour and five minutes pretty much on the nose by the time he'll get back to the pit lane. Does he come in? Yes, he does. The all-in. And through goes the Park Place Porsche, which now leads the race as no, it crosses. Down. Oh, right, it's a lap down, OK. And Shea Adam, you have got all of the prototypes. Take your pick. OK, first off, the leader was Juan Pablo Montoya. He's getting out of the car there, at the very least doing the left front tire. Dane Cameron getting in. They are changing both of the front tires on the Penske. They are doing all four tires on the number 55 Mazda. That is John Thumbomarito's day done. Harry Tignall has taken over. I did not see the 77 in, but I no longer see uh, Ollie Jarvis's helmet. Nobody's left the pit lane yet. First car moving is the number six. Front tires only on that car. We are doing rear tires on the number 10. The seven beats its teammate out. Ricky Taylor gets out ahead of Dean Cameron. Then comes the 31. That is Felipe Nasser, who did two tires, I believe. I couldn't see which ones they were. Then the Mazda. Then one of the JDC Miller Motorsports cars. Konica Minolta Cadillac is next with Jordan Taylor aboard. And then we had the number five Mustang sampling car. Last two cars on the pit lane are the 54 Nissan, which looked like it did four tires and a driver change, and the uh, Yunko's Cadillac, which is still in place. And you were spot no. on, Shea. The 77 did, did not, not come pit. in. This is really interesting. And the car is fast, and now it's going to suck. He didn't, didn't need to make a pit stop right now. So great strategy there by Mazda Team Yost. They've certainly got plenty of fuel aboard that car now, so he'll be... Uh, take the restart in the lead. He'll be able to put the hammer down, pull away. Everybody's going to have to make one more pit stop. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens now. I, I'm surprised so many prototypes came in, to be honest. When you've, when everybody's got to make another pit stop, I suppose it makes the last pit stop for everyone who's just stopped a little shorter because they'll take less fuel. I also wonder whether someone will go on a massive fuel save in DPI now and try and make an hour on a DPI. That is an ask. I think it's about 50 to 55 minutes on a prototype, if that, around here, because there's a lot of flat-out running. Yeah. Um, the 77 race engineer is none other than yeah. Lena Gade. Le never doubt the gate. And she knows that the, that car's going to come back yeah. in again. And what did we say on our Porsche? Uh, case the race. Jeremy, track yeah. position. Yeah, no, yeah. and, and he's going to have track position now. He's going he's gonna to make, uh, he uh, hopes... And she hopes just one pit stop now before the end of this race. Everyone's going to do one more stop. He's going to be able to put the hammer down now at the restart. He's got uh, still tyres should be in pretty good shape. He's got a, a, a relatively light car because a lot less fuel than everybody else. Uh, and don't forget as well, that 77 car did the fastest lap of the race before the yellow came out. The Yunkos car's back in the pit lane, by the way, and still stationary as in come the hordes of GT Daytonas. Whee! All right, 73 comes in, hits its marks first. Patrick Long taking over on that car. They are doing left sides at the very least. The 57 Cat car is in. That Acura is seeing Cat get in and Christina get out. Super Mario is getting into the number 86. All of the cars I've just told you about have done left side tires so far. I'm watching to see if they're going to do the rights on any of those cars. No, they're not. Left sides only. The 73 comes off its air jack. Fires back up, waiting on the fuel. Patrick Long leaves his pit box before anyone else, and he should maintain. The 14 Lexus leaves and almost runs over an IMSA pit lane official, not watching where he was going. The car's leaving the pit lane. The 57 got out second. Then both of the Lexuses jumped the 86. There was a problem on that car during the stop with the right uh, left rear air gun. It would not re-secure the tire to that car. So Super Mario still sitting in the pit lane up on the air jacks. This car has now dropped down behind all the cars that came into the pit lane except the number seven. No, now it's behind the 76 McLaren too. Terrible pit stop for one of their cars. Excellent pit stop for the other. Uh, the question we need answering, Shea, if you don't mind, if you can nip down the Lexus and the M. Sullivan team. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing rear tires 
uh, for that if they only took the two, and I'm pretty certain they did only take the two on the bright yellow and black Lexus. So, by the way, Bill Oberlin now installed in the 96 GTD BMW, which started at the back, now up to sixth in class. Well, that's the order they came in, actually, I, I think. Um, right, so we're g it's going to be reset from there when they come around uh, okay. next time. But what a great stop that must have been for the uh, number seven it was. team to vault uh, three three positions there. You got ahead of the number six, 55, and 31. So brilliant pit stop uh, by uh, the number seven team. You know, again, I wonder whether they took on a little bit less fuel than some of the other guys. If you know you've got to stop, yeah, yeah. take that track position. Yeah. Porsche keys the race track position. Very, very important. Yeah. No mistakes in the pits. That was another Porsche keep the race. I've got to say that, uh, well, the Acura team of MSR uh, one great pit stop. Uh, one not so good. Lexus update from the pit lane. The 12 Lexus has new rear tires only. The 14 Lexus has left side new tires only. So they split oh, their wow. strategy. That'll be very captivating to watch. Here we go back to green flag racing. And it's a Mazda that leads them to the line. And it's Tristan Nunes who did not stop under that yellow, full course yellow spot on an hour to go. And down the inside, a great overtake manoeuvre at turn one for the number 10 Cadillac. Now with Jordan Taylor on board and Stephen Simpson has felt the draft of the Cadillac going through. That shiny black machine then takes over that position and goes up into sixth. Here come the GTD cars. They've gone through as well. One, two, three wide going into turn three as the core autosport Nissan now in the hands of Colin Brown oh. and off for the ah, rear wheel. Oh, it's been in the wall. The 86 Acura, which had that long pit stop, has got a rear wheel that is missing a tyre and is at a jaunty angle to say the very least. So Mario Farnbacher's day has been very short. Full course yellow. This really helps all of the DPIs and that's put a spanner in the 77's works at the moment. Uh, big debris on the exit of turn 13 just off to our right in the IMSA broadcast centre. That car has hit the wall coming out of 13 on the restart. Rear suspension damage on the left-hand side at the back. Yeah, curiously, I mean, stopped there right at the pit entrance. Oddly. Suspension's broke. I don't think. Well, I think yeah, he's done the drive shaft on the left side. Yeah, I guess. So the half shaft probably jumped out of the gearbox. Yeah, because that, that poor pit stop there. You're presumably trying to make up time after that, and uh, it's compounded uh, the issue for. That must that have been coming back to the green. Yeah, absolutely. for Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Jeremy, under an hour to go now, <laughs> yes. and this just completely shuffles the pack as far as DPI concerned. Everyone has stopped in GTD, and all of a sudden, any thoughts of uh, problems and tight on fuel issues are just going to be literally evaporating right now. They're going to have enough room. So GTD will not see those guys back in the pits. GTD have enough fuel to go at the end. LM. Uh, DPI rather go to a slightly different fuel map and maybe save some oh it's just a huge slide now did something give way there for Mario as he was coming out of 13 it was such a violent move uh, he was sliding coming through already but that was a big slide going into the corner cold tyres of course and a frustrated driver broken left suspension at the rear of the car 
and he trundles down in towards the pit lane area but hasn't moved any further from that i wonder if we can just get a quick tour on that and get him out of the well, way yes quite get it out of the way because uh, certainly that's what uh, lena gade lena gade will be hoping in that number 77 pit that car well, has got a flat bed coming down one-stop strategy in the race everybody else will uh, that team hopes they have to make another one but if there's more cautions like this then maybe they can stretch their fuel to the end it's a very very odd one for mario he's in behind the 76 mclaren and was there a touch there yes there was on the back of the mclaren at turn 12 and then at 13 yeah, it, just it just snapped away as he came yeah. through the apex the I middle part of the corner I don't think that was a, uh, a driver error. I think something, something, something broke. snapped on the car, I think. The yeah. left rear was the hub that they had trouble with on the pit stop. And they had to bring a second gun over the wall to get that done. So was there an issue already with the left rear of the car? As it dropped down and left, yeah. it looked okay. But it did look to me, Jeremy. I mean, Mario's a pretty, <laughs> pretty hot shoe. A decent little steerer. He's won here twice, been second once and fourth once. Uh, this will be his first non-finish. Uh, he'll be annoyed with that. And the team will be scratching their heads, as will the driver, when he gets back and sees the footage from that. Of course, in terms of the lead in the overall championship, this race does not affect that. So uh, this still in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the main series, they'll continue to lead the GT Daytona. Yeah. Doesn't help them, of course, in the Sprint Championship with the DNF. Yeah, the Sprint Championship, that'll cost them dearly, that's right, because uh, they came into here, they, they were, what, second, weren't they, at, uh, yeah. at Mid-Ohio, so uh, came in here second in the points in the Sprint Cup Series, so that'll cost them a lot of ground there. Uh, Ian McCarthy has tweeted at IMSA Radio Shea and said, uh, sorry Shea, didn't quite hear you there during those GT and DPI pit stops. Could you just repeat all of that? Except he's just kidding. Sure, no problem. For the fans, <laughs> right? <laughs> at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, don't forget the checkered flag ends the race but starts the conversation. Michelin Post Race Tech on RS2 IMSA Radio at the end of the race once we've handed over to Tony for the post-race celebrations down at Scotts Fountain and the victory circle there we'll carry on and we are driven by you at that point your questions points of order anything that you want to bring up about this weekend here on Belle Isle for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at IMSA Radio use the hashtag MichelinPRT for post-race tech and Jeremy Shea and myself will try our best to answer that and try and get some answers from the people concerned as well as Shea continues to patrol the pit lane area. That's Michelin Post Race Tech coming up after our race coverage. And the number 86 car has now been hauled away uh, out behind, out of the way. We should be going back to green fairly soon. And this certainly is good news for the number 77 team because, again, it opens up their strategy a little bit more. They're, they're looking to make this race on just one pit stop. And uh, they, stay out they, now. they need to stay out for about another... Uh, 10 minutes uh, before they will come in for their uh, 
only pit stop and everybody else is going to have to come in as well at some stage. The question is, do they come in at the earliest opportunity as well or do they stay out a bit longer? If they do come in early with the number 77 car, they're going to be taking on a lot less fuel than is the number 77. So 77 really will go to the end of its fuel now. That's, that's It'll go to the end of its They'll uh, stay out yeah. as long as they can and hope for another full course caution in yeah, the window they, to get they, the if they come in, If they sort of gamble on there being another yellow before the other guys can come in, maybe they can come in and take their fuel. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Well, I think you hold the track position. The, the uh, Corvette safety car is in. You hold your track position and use all the fuel if you're leading at the moment. Back to green, another good restart as the DPIs thunder past us down towards turn one. And Tristan Nunes leads from Ricky Taylor. Dave Cameron was looking down the inside there, but couldn't get that done. And the two Acuras absolutely together. The two teammates for Roger Penske. And here comes the 31 wheeling car around the outside. Gets a good run, but will be on the wrong side of the track, which is the left-hand side as they go to the right-hander at turn three. That's uh, Felipe Nasser, of course, in that car now. And no, he couldn't get that done. Right in behind is Harry Tinknell now. He'll go to the end in the Mazda number 55. Then it's the number 10 Cadillac racing the Koninga Minolti car. And that's got Jordan Taylor behind the wheel. So the two brothers are out on track at the same time. Ricky in second, Jordan in sixth position at the front of the field. Tristan Nunes, a decent start, Jeremy. He made sure he wasn't going to be under threat at turns one and two. Yeah, indeed. And he's going to want to put the hammer down now and turn some really quick laps if he possibly can. Take advantage of the fact that he's got a relatively light fuel load on that number 77 Mazda. But, uh, uh, but uh, Ricky Taylor's having none of that. He's staying right in his wheel tracks. The weather is darkening up to the Ooh, look, direction. There's a bubble there for 77. Oh, and that's side by side, yeah. Just coming out of the... Just didn't Left accelerate and he just 11. got no forward drive at all and that's a change of lead well using the Michelins that he started the race on of course so maybe the new tyre advantage is what stood for something there and Dan Cameron now leads the race for Acura Team Penske now there is a bit of weather in the area I'm told severe weather warning has been called about 30 miles away so that's something to bear in mind as well oh my goodness how many variables are the teams having to deal with at the moment well Nunes not able to go with the leader just couldn't get off the corner there Jeremy and I didn't see the distinctive black lines behind the car as if, as if he'd spun the rear tyres up oh, wait, so so, sorry, Cameron did get past, didn't he, no, at yeah, that he's restart? Through. At the restart? No, no, no. Yeah, because he was in third place. Ah, so he, he got he did past his teammates. Yes, yes, at the, at yes the restart. sorry, yes. I, I, we, Yeah. Yes. And he's just gone through and Indeed. got the lead as well. Absolutely. Correct. But, it, yeah. That was very odd from the Mazda. Just didn't seem to pick up out the corner at all. Yep. Now, they'd had some electrical problems earlier on in the week. Let's hope it's not a recurrence of that. 31 Whelan Cadillac looking particularly racy at the moment Felipe Nasser in behind the second of the Acuras third position that's a real good scrap through turn one and two sunshine here beautiful at the moment but definitely darker skies over to the west and north of Belle Isle which is where the weather normally comes from here Hawksworth is on a charge in the in GTD. Here's the battle for the lead coming through turn one. Hawksworth, he's, he's moved past the number 57 
of uh, Catherine Legg at that restart. He's really putting the pressure now on Patrick Long in the Park Place Porsche. Uh, Hawksmith has left side. Rears for the other car. And it's the dark grey Porsche. And then three very yellow and black cars sitting in behind in the 14 Lexus. Then the Catherine Legg Caterpillar sponsored Acura. And then the second of the Lexus, the number 12 cars. First through fourth in GT Daytona. Absolutely together. Pat Long, hugely experienced Porsche driver. He'll be doing enough. But he knows he's going to the end on that set of Michelins. And they only took left sides, of course. He slightly defends. Oh, not enough. And down the inside into turn seven. I thought Pat was going to close the door there. He thought about it. And here comes Catherine Legg as well. Oh, and there's a little nudge there from the Porsche on the Acura. And that's put Catherine into the grey. And through goes the second Lexus. So Pat Long goes down from first to second. Catherine Legg goes down from third to fourth. And going up positions, Jack Hawks was the second, and Townsend Bell. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Lexus going to the lead, and Townsend Bell going to third. Just proves how difficult it is when you get offline here. There really is no coming back. Side by side action in around the fountain area, and there was just absolutely nothing that Catherine could do, having taking the opportunity to get alongside and try and go for second, finds herself down in fourth. 48 minutes to go. Let's go down to the pit lane. We'll take a breath for a moment and share Adam is down at Master Team Yost. I went and checked in with the uh, people down at Master Team Yost about the 77, the pass that was made by Dane Cameron. They said it was just a lack of tires. There's nothing wrong with the car and they are not worried. It was just Tristan having one hand behind his back in that fight. Okay, coming to the end of his run in. surprised because that Mazda is, is pretty good on its side. It's light. It just didn't seem to accelerate coming off the corner. Well, he'll be trying to stretch his fuel as long as possible. I mean, that's another consideration there for that 77 Mazda. Got to stay out as long as possible. 47 minutes to go now. And I would say that a DPI can go from here. No, Great battle, little you think bit, not? Another lap or two, okay. probably. Great battle for the lead. And the Hawksworth move went to the right, then the left. Yeah. Pat Long just almost outbreaking himself. And yeah. Catherine Lake did get a nose ahead going into turn eight. Pat very forcefully taking the inside curve, but that was all right. But Catherine, as soon as she got off the racing line, there was zero grip there, and she couldn't fight off Townsend Bell. Didn't look as though Pat went a little long into turn seven at the end of the strand there. Catherine was half a car's length up. Maybe quarter of a car's length up. Yeah, Pat certainly left the door open, didn't he? And uh, he was... Uh... And Bill Oberlin in the yeah. 96 car, I said he was going, that car was going well, and that continues to go well. Uh, sixth before the pit stops, now fifth. And he's right in behind Catherine Legg. Remember, this car started at the back. They blew and yellow Turner Motorsport car. It qualified on pole after a stunning lap by Robbie Foley. The settings of the car, the camber settings, which is the angle at which the tyres are presented to the road by the suspension, were out by a small amount, but out they were. And that's a red line, that's a solid red line, not a dotted one in post-qualifying tech. So they were put to the back of the field. Robbie Foley did a great job early on and made up five positions. 
five or six positions actually and Bill Oberlin's already taken up the baton and started oh, and, to run and, with it and here is why I question that uh, that call about the uh, the tyres because Tristan Nunez just set the fastest lap of the race in car number 77 in second position right. a 121.835 we're still a couple of tenths away from the record set last year by Felipe Nasser I've got a feeling that a lot of these guys at the front but clearly now not Nunez I think a lot of these guys are, off, are saving fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I, I, I certainly, um, and Shay, you, you can hear the cars as they go past. Uh, it's a little more difficult for us in the Emerson Broadcast Centre, but it looks to me as though certainly the lead Acura is, uh, is lifting off, uh, not breaking any earlier, but lifting off very early going into Term 1. Yes, almost as soon as he comes out of the Chevrolet Bridge, so about... 100 meters before the flag stand even now he's lifted he lifted about 50 meters before the flag stand and didn't start breaking into turn one until about another second after that dane cameron is massively in fuel safe mode yeah they're trying to stretch that as long as they can go they might well, think he's just again he's just set that car's best lap of the race uh, and uh, once again uh, Tristan Nunez has, has improved upon that 21.459 that time for Tristan Nunez so a new lap record for car number 77 well it's starting to get really really competitive in GTD and the top five all leaving the ground all four Michelins off the circuit as they go over that little bridge that's uh, just after turn two on the start of the straight the run down to turn three there's a little sort of stream that runs underneath there as part of the park here at Belle Isle and it just has a little rise and fall there and all of the top five GT Daytonas are going over the top of that and leaving the ground looks more like a a rally stage in San Marino with the cars catching a little bit of air but they are going I would say very we're looking, we're looking at making pit stops any time now I think uh, we can expect to see the leaders onto the pit lane and the question will be Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam do they all come at the first possible opportunity or does somebody sh uh, throw the dice here what's happening on pit lane JDC have both of their crews up on the wall for the 84 and the 85 Cadillacs neither and the Nissan in. team is on the wall yeah but neither came in right none of them came in that's interesting well they'll get up there early just start flexing make sure they've got everything right and I think the pit lane is going to be busy next time around there Shay I think you're right, Jeremy. Whalen Engineering team, the, the car that won last year here, they've just clambered up onto the wall too. And now there's a little bit of movement down for the number seven Acura Team Penske. Halfway around the lap, the leading six car with Dan Cameron. I think Cameron might stay out. I think Cameron might stay out. I think the six car might come in. That would be, now the Penske team are split on the pit lane. They don't have their two pits together, remember. Uh, that's a, a tactic that they've employed for some time question for me is how long can that Mazda go now uh, they've gone almost an hour but with safety car intervention and that there can't be much left in the tank of that second place car but they are pushing the 77 car is pushing hard and Nunes has caught the leader here they come Round the last couple of corners, we see them now, and neither of the leaders are going in, but second and th uh, but third and fourth are. So in comes the second Acura, in comes the Whelan Cadillac. Also, oh, that's interesting, the Mazda comes in as well. So there are plenty of takers also coming in the 
Nissan and at least one, oh, I think both of the JDC cars. Shea Adam has the Mazda and the Cadillac and the Acura. Where are you looking, Shea? Uh, all three of them. Splash of fuel for Harry Tinkle and the Mazda. Oh, no, the rear wheels were spinning on the air jacks before he came down. I don't know if the IMSA pit lane officials saw that. Harry is the first one to move. Next is the Penske, but the 7 gets away well before the Mazda and the 31 Wellen Engineering Cadillac still sitting in its box. No tires for any of these cars, just fuel. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's the least amount of time on pit road. Our Porsche keys to the race all about track position get the cars turned round and back out there they reckon they can do the 41 minutes and 13 seconds whatever happens on the track but they will have to do it with a set of michelin tires that have gone a stint and about a quarter those three cars came out of the pits in the same order they went in and pretty much the same margins between them i would suggest perhaps the seven card pulled out just a, a hair So that was the first roll of the strategic dice. And here come the other leaders now. They've got to both come in now from the lead because they get the court the wrong side of a safety car that could be in real trouble. And in come the leading pair of cars and the rest of the TPI field. Shit, Adam. And the six did not want to come in, John. The team was not up on the wall waiting for him. Initially, they did respond. They are doing fuel only. 77 is in full pit stop. Tristan Nunez, who has gotten out of the car. Beautiful job done. Oliver Jarvis has gotten in. They are doing four tires on this Mazda. So now it's going to be the inverse of what it was before. It's fuel only for both the 10, the Konica Minolta Cadillac, which has some body damage to the left rear, and fuel only for the 5, the Mustang sampling car. The caution's out. The pit's closed. Perfect stop for Mazda. Uh, yeah, they were a bit slow getting away, though, and they've been jumped by the JDC Miller Motorsport car. The Acura definitely did get away. And the Mazda longer because they were putting more fuel in. This is super stuff. And it is the 10 that has shed some bodywork. The Konica Minolta Cadillac has shed some bodywork on the circuit. And it's right on the racing line. The yellow and red flag showing that there's something on the track that shouldn't be there. Often it means that there's some kind but of the fluid 10 there. car lost yeah. it before the pit stops. Yeah. Before the pit stops, because he was running ahead of the uh, of the, the 84 and number five, and he lost it there and uh, cost himself uh, a, a lot of ground. Well, um, and he's knocked the back end of the car off. And Jordan, for a moment, you could almost see the thought process where he thought, I'm going to go down the escape road. No, I'm not. I'm going to try and get round. Oh, I wish I'd gone down the escape road. Yeah. And that uh, cheese wedge from behind the left rear wheel knocked askew and has fallen off sure that'll affect it too much in terms of aerodynamics here um, but that has brought out what is now that now third full course caution yeah, one two three yeah and this again will allay any fears that there might have been on fuel for gt runners so they're going to be good they'll be fighting to the end whilst the debris at turn eight is taken away in that section around the fountain the Cadillac in race rundown looks like this GT Daytona Lexus Jack Hawksworth leads from Pat Long from Lexus T-Bell in, in third 1473 12 57 Catherine Legg in fourth in the Acura, Bill Oberlin in the turn of BMW in fifth then Andy Lally will catch up to the back of that leading five yeah, in the Lamborghini. He had pretty much caught them. Yeah, he had. 
Uh, Ryan DL in the Audi in seventh position. That's the eight Starworks car. Lamborghini Huracan. Brian Sellers right back in it after their early travails in the 48 car. Then Lawson Aschenbach in the Mercedes number 74 and making up the top 10, Paul Holton in the McLaren. At the top of the field, Dan Cameron leads for Acura. Team Penske second is Ricky Taylor in the seven car. Team car there. Then Felipe Nasser in the red and white Cadillac number 31. The wheel and engineering car. Then the dark red of Harry Tinknell with the newest tyres of those guys. And he's sitting looking very, very good at the moment. Then Stephen Simpson in the 84. Then Colin Brown. And then the guys who just... So where's the 77 come out? Ollie Jarvis has come out in ninth position there. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where he's... I wouldn't have thought he should have been that far down. I mean, they, they went a lap further uh, than the uh, than than the other contenders came in with the number six. Number six, six guy was able to keep get out in the lead. Uh, I think the number seventy seven would have been a bit of a tall order to do that. But here's the question, Jeremy: the guys at the front, how much fuel saving do they still have to do? No, they should be they're fine now. Right. Yeah. Okay. So everybody fueled to the end is what Jeremy Shaw yeah. is saying. Who's the car that's only done the one stop? Of course, that's Ollie Jarvis, but that hasn't quite played out for them. Right, and the number 50 car as well, actually, that had that, uh, that lengthy delay. It had fallen a lap down after Victor Franzoni found the wall, the, the wall, the tyre sets, just before the previous caution. It's now back on the lead lap. Uh, let's go to Shea Adam before we go back to Green. Where are you, Shea? Tristan Nunez had to work really hard during that stint. Everybody's fueled to the end. Everybody's got a good car underneath them. You guys have the freshest tyres, though. Can that 77 Mazda hold off the trailing pack? Yeah, it's, you know, it's Detroit, so you never know what can happen. Uh, they could get pretty scrappy in the front, and... You know, I, I trust Ollie. He's um, he's amazing behind the wheel. So um, there's no one I'd rather have uh, after me in the car than him. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's got. Um, but yeah, that was that was a tough run out there. <laughs> Did the yellow help you or not? Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, these guys have been watching the strategy and looking over all the uh, analyzing everything, so they can see it better than I can. But I mean, I don't think it could hurt us. So we'll see what happens. You scared us out there when Dane Cameron got past you. Was everything okay with the car? Yeah, it's just, you know, they, they were on fresh tires. I was on uh, hot, um, or sorry, um, heat cycle old tires. So I, the tires are pretty pretty much gone by the time I got out of the car. So I was pretty much hanging on for dear life. I'm um, surprised I could stick with him that much. It just shows how much this uh, RT24P has improved uh, in the past couple of years. So it's uh, truly a pleasure to drive this thing. Tristan, great job out there. Thank you. I think he's uh, hiding his light under a bushel slightly there because he did set the fastest lap of the race just after that. So clearly was learning how to manage that issue. May not have been fastest off the corner, just taking ridiculous amount of speeds into it. Yeah, interesting that. I mean, yeah, he went a lot faster after that than he did uh, before he was overtaken. I think he just had uh, trouble getting heat into the tyres, uh, back into the tyres, having cooled down during that caution period. And that kind of... Uh, caught him unawares a little bit at turn 11. Uh, perhaps a little bit of relative inexperience for Tristan Nunez. But uh, Will Owen, sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. No, go on. Will Owen has called back into the pits yeah. in the number 50 Young Cost Racing. Yeah. So that Cadillac. car is now back on the lead lap and it's made another stop, so it's good to go to the end from here. Be interesting to see what uh, Will can make that car do. Been impressed with Will's attitude. So the tactical side is taken out of it now with everyone fueled 
to the end. Our Porsche keys to the race. The weather is playing ball and the threatening dark clouds have gone off to the north of us. So the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic is really living up to its name and we've still got 33 and a half minutes to go. It's a short race and now it's a sprint to the end. The trophies and the adulation and the bragging rights tonight here in Detroit for those that stay on and tomorrow for those that are going to the Le Mans test day are all up for grabs. Live Le Mans test day coverage on RS1, our sister channel tomorrow. The only place that you can hear what's going on at the Circuit de la Sarthe with uh, Johnny Palmer and Joe Bradley along with a cast of thousands there as the guests uh, cycle in and out of our temporary studio in the press room before we get built up for the race week itself. So ha hello to all of the GT Le Mans teams who don't race with us at this IMSA race, but are normal IMSA competitors, including, of course, the hometown heroes of Corvette. Porsche out there as well. And Risi Competizione running that uh, blue, not-inspired livery on their Ferrari. Coming down a half an hour to go. And some and dark clouds off to the west, but uh, Oliver Askew is still with us here. And he, just looking at his radar screen again, they, they're calling uh, uh, the rain about an hour away, which is long after we're finished. So we shall see. Still right. got shadows out there now. We've got the sun poking through once again here on the race on Belle Isle. We might get the best of the weather today. It's yeah. it's pretty much, if you open the back door of the IMSA Broadcast Centre and look out, it looks like end of days behind <laughs> us uh, at the moment. But uh, just on 32 minutes to go then. And I think the safety car will be coming in this time around, which will mean we'll get the restart. And to quote an old Jerry Anderson TV show. Anything can happen in the next half hour. I thought I was going to say Thunderbirds are going. Well, you know, that was <laughs> that was the other one. That was Stingway. <laughs> Highly appropriate as we're in the middle of a river <laughs> at the moment. Right, Jeremy. Here we go again. It's all levelled off. Tactics now will not play a part. Right. It's all about the drivers and the speed of the cars and staying away from the walls. Yeah, we'll see how how aggressive Felipe Nasser here gets at, uh, at the restart in car number 31. He's currently in third place behind the two Acuras. Well. Watch Tinknell. If he can get that Mazda's little turbo engine spun up here. And we've seen that the Super all of the restarts, they have gone early. Let's see if Dan Cameron does that. Yes, he does. Side by side coming to the line. The 84 trying to go up the inside of Tinknell and gets the nose of the Cadillac. And Stephen Simpson looked to try and make a move there. Even as they were coming to the line, it's still the two Acuras that lead from Philippe Nazi Couldn't make a move. Then Tinknell was too busy defending to get on terms with the guys ahead of him. Colin Brown in the 54. Yeah. Needs more powered car looking at the back of Stephen Simpson side by side. And there's a pass. And Tinknell, I said watch him at the start as soon as he got spooled up. But he's going to lose the position. Simpson down the inside. There's contact. Oh, oh the Masters in the wall. The Masters in the wall. Tinknell's in the wall. And that was Stephen Simpson who rather helped him in there. And that'll be a penalty, I'm pretty sure, on the 84 car. What a weekend it's been for JDC. They've not been out of their headlines, not always for the right reasons. 
That was an extremely ambitious move. Well, he got a good run because the, the, the Mazda was very slow coming out of turn three, no question about that. Ooh. And the Simpson saw his opportunity to die down the inside into four. Not sure he was there, Jeremy. No, he was well, about a quarter of the way down, if comment. that. Full course yellow. Oh, my goodness. Harry Tinknell will be steaming. Made a good move on Felipe Nasser for third. Uh, there's damage to the left rear bodywork well, of the RTP24. Well, great move down the inside yeah. by Tinknell. And but, but very much compromised his speed there. Look at the, on the exit. The yellow car got a really good run off the corner. Harry moves over to try and cover the inside of the next corner, which he's doing straight away. So how far was Simpson down? Well, a third of the way down. We, well, going into the braking area, they're both offline, and the, the, the Mazda turned in on him. I mean, let's, let's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a. He's got a bit of the corner, the other. I'm not sure I'd call anything on that one. I'd kind of say it was a racing incident. Certainly, Harry was trying to turn down to the corner, but the uh, the JDC car, it was already there. Quite frankly, they were side by side, pretty much. Uh, wheel to wheel uh, on that short straight between three and four, ah. and they're both fighting position. They're both really some another on board here. Well, yeah, I mean, against the brake area, it's probably only half a car, isn't it? But but the point there is that the Mazda certainly is already turning down into the corner. And where does the JDC car go at that stage? Well, Tough he's got to back out of it though, hasn't he? Because the, the Mazda's yeah, well, got yeah, to turn right. Yeah, 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 exactly right. I, I, it's a tough one. I, I, if if it's I was saying because it was a great move down it the was inside a great of three. Move. There'll be no pass around here. That incident is under review, yeah, of course. And the, the guys will be looking very closely at that. It's a tough one. We've seen it from a bazillion one. angles, and race control will be looking at that as well. And all of the other cameras that they have that we don't see. Net result is another disappointment for Mazda and for Harry Tinknell in particular, having made a great move to get up to third position. Uh, Stephen Simpson will be on the radio saying he turned down on me. Harry, Sim Harry Tinknell would be on the radio saying he hit me at the back. Oh, actually, Harry's still in the car. He's going to drive that car away. He gets yeah, a gear. Yeah, he laps down, so... Well, saves him a walk back. He's as far away as he can be. Engine has stalled on the two-litre turbocharged Mazda engine. And now it's <sighs> stuck in gear. Now it's released, it restarts. They do have an onboard start of these prototypes. Uh, most most of them have at least one. I think the master has two. He's in gear and he's gone. Uh, there's a bit of cleanup required there. And the slightly second-hand looking Mazda is making its way back to the pit lane. Super move. No doubt about the move for third. But then the Mazda just couldn't get off the corner. Tell you what, Simpson was further down yeah, than I thought exactly. he was. He was about three quarters of the yeah, way down, yeah. and then he did start to back out. Yeah. By the time the contact came, he was only a third of the way up the yeah. car, but he was nearly fully alongside there. He was much closer than, than I thought he was at one stage. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to make a call on that one because uh, you're right, He was. I think he was trying to get out of it, but at the same time, uh, Harry could have turned in a little bit later so and given him more of an opportunity to get to, to so get the ready four car to get out of the way so little room so on the exit so of the tight. corner jeremy that's the yeah. that's the issue that, uh, that you have there and it's a straight circuit um 
it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a real shame for. And of course, we get the chance as as the race control does. We get the chance to look at it over and over again. Those yeah. guys have got to make split setting decisions, yeah. and that's why they're doing the driving, and we're standing here. Yeah. Twenty-five minutes yeah, to go. Rather messy, isn't it? It's a shame. Yeah, let's hope we can get a twenty-minute run to the flag. Old-fashioned street fight, basically. Well, though, it has it? been. It has been. Chevrolet. Chevrolet sports car classic with have everything so far except the weather intervention that was so confidently predicted earlier on uh, this week. As it was a week ago, the Indy 500. Well, yes, exactly. And then it got off on time and we had a smashing race at the Indy 500. Pretty good month of May, uh, in all honesty. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and the Mazda is into the pit lane. Shea Adam is watching. It's a slightly forlorn looking car that comes in battered, bruised and turns into its pit lane. Oh, and it sheds one of its dive planes as soon as it gets into the pit box as well as uh, bits of carbon fiber have come off this car. Nodder knows that they will be able to replicate and use once again. They have given the signal that the day is done for this car, so that would be two DNFs for Harry Tinkle and Jonathan Bomarito in the last two years. Harry's gotten out of the car, and he is walking back over to the wall. He did look at the car before he went back over. I'm going to follow him and see if maybe he's up for a conversation, but the body language is telling me that Harry Tinkle is one disappointed boy. Yeah, he's bound to be. Yeah, he is um, after such a good move that's you know that's yeah, the yeah. thing i'm that's up in the, the third he's just thinking to himself i'm up in the third i'll chase those two acuras to oh yeah well, i mean the great thing i'm sure i'm sure if Shea can catch him i'm sure he will have a chat because he's not one of those guys who's going to sulk he'd be massively disappointed but he is a, a realist and uh, and uh, he knows that he has to take the rough with the smooth when you're driving for a team like this well, well i know but, that uh, uh, i know that johnny palmer and joe bradley are listening over in Le Mans at the moment, so that's something, Joe, for you to ask uh, Harry as well tomorrow uh, when he'll turn up to do the test day. Full course yellow, 24 minutes to go. At IMSA Radio, hashtag Michelin PRT, please, for afterwards. We've got a lot. A lot of incidents to talk about, not much racing so far, although there's been some really, really decisive overtaking manoeuvres, which have looked very good, but there's been a, a bit of untidiness as well. Is, yeah, the problem is it's so competitive here that you make a move on somebody and you lose momentum, it gives somebody else Correct. an opportunity there, and uh, you know, it's uh, there's so much at stake here. I mean, it, it, it is so competitive, everybody wants to try and make a move and get the best finish they can. We're about to go back to green, let's have a quick word. Oh, we're not, no, we're not, we've still got track vehicles out. Uh, so, shit, Adam, you can take your time and talk to Harry. Ah, oh, Harry, I hate to do this. What happened out there, man? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean. We kind of raced into the end from that point, so you had to make the positions up on the track and uh, had a really good run out of two. Um, Slipstream Nasser, he was very fair, you know, went down the inside. It's difficult to judge on cold tyres, cold brakes after the restart, but uh, made the move stick and uh, obviously we got a slower exit and not sure which, one, which car it was, a yellow car, kind of obviously got a run, I defended. I kind of see, saw him sort of uh, back out the move, but then in the brake zone I just got absolutely annihilated from behind and uh, yeah into the wall so managed to get it back but Carl will be retired from here thanks for talking to us no worries yeah good lad Harry yeah nail on the head yeah I, I mean you know he was uh, nice enough to say that Steve Simpson was, was seemed to be backing out of it and, yeah. I, and I think now having seen it um, um, 11 times I'd agree with that assessment Harry's still going to be upset that he's the one that ends up in the wall of course and we wait to see what the adjudication is 
from race control as uh, that is being looked at at the moment as we come back to green and let's see what happens here as we go back well, to green again. Again. another great start by Simpson as he's hassling the back of Ricky Taylor and right in behind him Felipe Nasser then Colin Brown in the Nissan well is the Nissan now going to be playing a part here as well behind the Nissan the black Cadillac is Jordan Taylor then Tristan Vautier well that's been a good month hasn't it for Frenchman down the inside oh there's a touch going into three and that was Colin Brown and he's come into contact with the Cadillac of Taylor and here comes Vautier Vautier makes the move and that exactly what Jeremy Shaw was seeing whilst we're in yellow you get a, a move from Colin Brown tries to take a position ends up losing two yeah and uh, that's how tight it is out there and uh, now the that JDC car's right with uh, yeah right with the second car and a spin for the other master oh dear Ollie Jarvis has been turned around and he's trying to get out of harm's way no further action NFA no further action for that contact deemed a racing incident and do you know what I could have argued all three outcomes there and I think given that uh, that was a good call to have no call. I'm sure Harry won't see it that way. Oh, here, here comes, comes Philippe Nasser yep. down the inside good of Simpson. Move. Too easy. Simpson this time being very fair in the 84 JDC Millen Motorsport car. Gave room on the inside. Behind his teammate is now having a look as well in the 85. Number 10 car in the pit. In the pit lane, Jordan Taylor. That was side-by-side -side contact. And remember that they'd already had contact with the wall earlier on. Shea Adam is looking at another battered and bruised Cadillac. They were up on the wall ready for this car to come in. They're taking the tape off and they're going to put a new entire rear cluster on this car because the uh, cheese wedge, as it disappeared, then made more damage to the rest of the car. So that rear section of the car, which was actually taped on, they've had to pull the tape off and now they are ripping the old one off, making sure that everything underneath that is okay before they go ahead and put the new tail on. And uh, there, there was contact after that as well, to be honest here. So that might have... Uh, that might have also dislodged something great battle going on at the head of the field for second, third, fourth and fifth as Ollie Jarvis comes into the pit lane for Mazda. They're checking the back of the car. It's going up on the air jacks. The right rear seems to be the area of most concern as there's a mechanic around the left side now holding that wheel as well. But they are running around to the right rear. Oh, the engine has gone off. This day for Mazda has gone from what looked promising to terrible. That again was a car that was facing the wrong direction. That would suggest to me that there'd been a hit. Yes, there was. It was a number five car that is in the hands of Philippe Albuquerque. That is under review as well. And that could be two Mazdas out with contact. They will not be happy. And Ollie Jarvis has refired and left the pit lane. And has lost the lead lap, however having recovered the car now down the inside on the long back straight section JDC Miller Motorsport car is going by that's not a pass for position though because that is the Conington Minolta number 10 Cadillac getting back up to speed in the hands of Jordan Taylor he's on an outlap here as they stream through yeah, he's now a lap down Simpson and Vortier go through Colin Brown go through it's Cameron that leads by two and a half seconds for Acura his teammate Ricky Taylor is second six from seven then Philippe Nasser in third in the first of the Cadillacs. Then Stephen Simpson, racy, prepared to get his elbows out. 
He's about uh, three quarters of a second ahead of his teammate Tristan Vautier, the second of those bright yellow JDC cars. Then Colin Brown's a second further back in GTD. Lexus still leads. Hawksworth from Pat Long in second for Porsche. 14 from 73 from 12 with Townsend Bell in third position and still Catherine Legg in the 57 Acura in fourth position. That's your Cadillac in race update with Cadillac V-Series because real racers never take time off. Oh, there's a pass for position. Going through the far side of the circuit. In fact, coming back onto the front straight area. And that is Felipe Nassi going into second place over Ricky Taylor and Ricky Taylor in that Acura just struggling at the moment doesn't have the pace of his teammates so now Nasser is released Jeremy and immediately pulls what four or five cars then said it'll be Stephen Simpson the next car to challenge the Acura well Cadillac have never been beaten on the streets here in the current era of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Corvette 2012 to 16 and then from 17 onwards it's been Cadillac they are unbeaten here and they have got 2.2 seconds to make up with Philippe Nasser in a very quick number 31 Wheeland car on Dane Cameron ahead this is going to be really interesting there's also past position on that number 5 car got past the uh and it didn't get past number 54, I thought it had done. It's certainly very, very close between those two. Some battling all the way up and down the field, but uh, Jack Hawksworth, he's kind of checking out there in GTD, and it's looking at the moment, we've got the same two winners from the most recent race out in front at Mid-Ohio, out front here as well. Let's go back down to Shea Adam. Real disappointment down at Mazda. Their dear, well, OK, they've got Ollie back out there, but their dear has gone really sour very quickly it really did and for the faces at mazda though they're not giving up with the 77 still out they're still learning more and they will take that forward towards watkins Glen, where they had a test not too long ago and they will be doing testing in the month between the two races so the mazda that we've seen today on the streets of belle isle not necessarily the same mazda that we will see at the end of june okay they've got a little bit of time thank you share share adam down in the pit lane for us here should have nothing else to do other than interview the winners when they come back. No pit stops uh, planned. Yeah, but look at the number 31 car is really he's, closing he's in. Nasser's, Nasser's Nasser. got the bit between his teeth here. He has, and we've still got 50 minutes remaining in this race. The, the, the pace of the leader, he's probably just managing himself at this stage, I'm sure, but 123.4 is um, well within that car's capabilities, that's for sure. Stephen Simpson closing right up to the back of the number seven Acura of Ricky Taylor is there. Come through to the latter part of the lap. The leader passes us now. Then goes NASA. Now that battle for third, fourth and fifth. Colin Brown's not out of this either in the Nissan. That's yeah. a fast car in Colin's hands. It, it is, but it lost a lot of ground stuck behind number 10 car. When number 10 car came out of the pits, he was right with this train of the uh, the second of the Acura Chipenskis and a two JDC Miller Cadillacs, and he's lost quite a lot of ground. He's, uh, he's about, about three seconds behind that little train of cars, dicing for third place. Park place in the dark grey Porsche still leading GT Daytona. Uh, excuse me, still second in GT Daytona by about a second and a half and has a second on the Lexus. It's Lexus first and third, 14, Jack Hawksworth 
then the 73 Pat Long Porsche, then the 12 Lexus of Townsend Bell, then Catherine Legg, about half a second back, and Catherine is the car on the move at the moment, starting to put some pressure uh, on the back of the second of the Lexus, Townsend Bell, who is in a podium position. Then it's Bill Oberlin, and he's only another three quarters of a second back in the 96, the blue and yellow BMW M6. So this is all still to play for, for podiums in the GT Daytona. Remember, this is round two of the Sprint Series for GT Daytona. Mid-Ohio, last time out, was the opening round. I'm watching the sky as well. There's a bit of yellow in the sky off to the distance. That often means bad weather is on the way, but I think we're going to be all right. No further action for the 5 and 77. So both masters, they're going to think they're on. Really, did they break a mirror on top of a black cat whilst they were standing on cracks in the pavement walking under a ladder today? <laughs> because that's both of their cars that have had contact, not necessarily initiated by themselves, and ended up with problems that have taken them out of contention. Park Place Porsche Looking. and Pat Long not letting Jack Hawksworth get away. And we know no. Hawksworth only took left side tyres. And we know how difficult it is to keep the rear tyres underneath that Lexus. Now, degrading isn't too bad here. Tyres don't wear too badly, but Hawksworth will have to... Have to manage that. He will, and, and he's, he, he'll be making sure at this stage he doesn't push too hard because he wants to make sure he's got some tyres left at the end of this race in case there's another full course caution. We have a, a one or two lap shootout to the end. He's not going to push too hard. He doesn't need to extend that lead anymore. It's pretty comfortable right now at around about a second or 1.3 as it was. They came across the line last time around. So he'll be uh, pretty happy with that right now. Meanwhile, the leaders uh, is upping, the, upping its pace now is, is uh, Dane Cameron lead. In fact, he's just turned the fastest lap of the race. So yeah, 24.459 having said that he's right behind him Felipe Nassar yes. got even faster yeah he held it for all of 1.1 seconds exactly Jeremy right. uh, 121.2 now that's a very very good time as we're heading into the last 10 minutes of the race and there's, there's still battles everywhere on the track at the moment so we're not going to start writing our race reports yet over there in the casino <laughs> Hello to all of our hard-working journalists, by the way. Don't get to see too much of you this weekend uh, because of the distance between us and us being on the outside of the circuit. Battle for the lead. It is, it's a real battle, this, Jeremy. Well, And they're trading literally tenths of seconds. If they were side-by-side, side, they would be literally rubbing rear-view mirrors at the moment. But I think NASA is... is maybe just got a slightly better car underneath him but yeah. it's it's marginal yeah it is each of the last two laps has been he's been 0.2 of a second quicker than the race leader each of the last three four laps actually two tenths of a second quicker that gap now down to just over a second it was last time around i think it might have equalized this time Interesting thing is that number seven car of Ricky Taylor has lost a lot of ground. The new fastest lap of the race this time it is by our race leader, Dane Cameron. 120.949 for our race leader. He's absolutely put the hammer down now. Temperature has dropped. The wind's starting to get up as well, Sheer Adam. Uh, that is uh, 
normally the sign that weather's coming in but we've only got 10 minutes here my goodness it could be a real scramble at the end <laughs> if we get a big splash well normally the winner is the only one who gets wet because they get to jump in the fountain yeah that could be a little bit interesting um it, it has gotten cooler now that you mentioned it i'm not sweating as much as i was a few minutes ago so yeah the sky behind you john i'm really glad that you can't see yes. it because it really is a dark little rain cloud over your head okay if nick damon was here he'd be bursting into the winnie the pooh song thankfully he's not and i won't at just under 10 minutes. Any little mistake, and there's traffic not too far up the road here for the leader, and the first guy's gonna have to deal with is the McLaren 720, Paul Holton, behind that McLaren steering wheel, the bright orange, black and grey car. It's absolutely brilliant. The Lark McLaren Tribute Liberty has managed to get through, the leader has passed second place car is passed yeah, and, and I think there was just a little marginal advantage for NASA there. Richard Mille come on board uh, that uh, Mercedes team for this weekend and for the rest of the season that's a feather in that uh, Compass Racing team's hat. Yeah for that McLaren locked wheel somewhere there's been an incident as Yes, it's Kath, it's Catherine Leg. Catherine Leg, I heard the squeal of Michelin tyres. I saw a little bit of carbon fibre in the air. And Catherine Leg has spun around. She's going to get a point and back in the right direction. Meantime, the leaders are almost together, going past the AMG Mercedes of Lone Star Racing and the number eight, number eight of Starworks, currently in the hands of Ryan DL. The leaders together now, Jeremy, and there's the odd spot of rain on the lenses of the onboard cameras. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In what, eight minutes remaining. Super job being doing by, done by our TV crew, by the way, to keep the pictures going because we're now hearing there's lightning in the area and several of the cameramen have been asked to stand down for safety reasons. So we've got none of the high cameras up at the moment, but still great coverage of the race on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Well done to our TV partners and our colleagues over there in the TV compound. Leaders caught up in traffic. 96 and 57 came together. So that was Bill Orbelin that had the tangle with Catherine Legg. And now it looks like Forza Motorsport out there with the leaders pushing their way left, right, trying to get through the traffic. It's like you're on a challenge. One of those five lap dashes where you've got to pick your way through as many as you can. And we've probably got somewhere in the region of that to go. Five, possibly six laps, depending on when they come to the line. And now, Dave Cameron's had a huge advantage as he pulls out. Orbelin and the Catherine Leg incident. Bill Orbelin diving down the inside. Ah, I'm afraid that's going to be a bit easier to call. Uh, diving down the inside at five, isn't it, that? And uh, close enough. don't think he was quite close enough there but that's not my decision, thank goodness. Would you like a job in race control, Heinduff? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Thank you very much. Leaders together again, as once again, one and of this the- This is where the 31 car's been strong, but uh, whoa, good boost there from Dane Cameron to say ahead into turn 12. Lexus just slowing down the leading Acura, not by in any means deliberately. Through they go past us again, and they're right in traffic now. Stephen Simpson tra still trying to make a, a move on. Ricky Taylor as well for the final podium position in DPI. It's still Jack Hawksworth who leads. 
in GTD. Gets the two leading DPIs go through. Six minutes to go. Edge of the seat stuff this. Little bit untidy, a little bit stop-start in the early part of our 100 minutes of the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic here at the Raceway on Belle Isle. But now it's come to life, and now we have a battle for the lead. This is marvellous stuff again, Jeremy. Can we have another hour of this, please? Yeah, well, we'll have uh, another, what, five hours more or whatever it is at, uh, at Watkins Glen in a few weeks' time. Six hours of the Glen. Yeah, the sailing six hours of the Glen. Ooh, a mistake there. Mistake. Oh. Philippe Nasser cost himself a fair bit of time at turn seven, just missed his turning point there, and it's cost Easy him probably do. a second. Easy to do. Probably the better part of a second and a half there, Jeremy. Yeah, you're right. So easy to do, but it shows just how much pressure is on both of these drivers. Often said that it's easier to chase than to lead. Acura really leaps off the corner, it doesn't it? It does punch away and very and nicely. Which is interesting because generally it's the Cadillac with its V8 power plant that's able to jump off the corners and show really, really good traction. Cadillacs are the heaviest cars out there. They have been pegged back a little bit with the balance of performance. NASA, though, don't tell NASA that. All he can see is a white car ahead of him that he wants to chase down. Missed his breaking point by a fraction and just locked just the locked right up, yeah. uh, left front rather Michelin did well actually to keep the car, came straight off the brakes, got the car turned in balanced himself, took a deep breath and thought right I'm not going to try and push that that next time it's really interesting that Ricky Taylor's really struggling in that third place car he's fallen nearly seven seconds behind and he'd been falling back at a rate of well, a good half a second a lap prior to the well, really, basically, since we were back to green again, so he's not got up to speed in the same way that Dane Cameron has. Don't forget, we want your questions and points arising, anything that you've seen that you want to talk about. Hashtag Michelin PRT, please, too, at IMSA Radio. And we'll keep an eye on this lead battle for the next four minutes or so. Pretty static in the Hawksworth long. Well, I say that. And uh, it's gone out to two seconds. So Hawksworth really pushing on there. Townsend Bell now has Bill Oberland for company, but that's another 1.8 seconds further back by BMW. So it's all looking relatively quiet in GTD. And another mistake by Felipe Nazic is going wide. He's now struggling to get that car. I wonder if he's flat-spotted one of the tyres, Jeremy, and he's just getting a little bit of a trouble on braking and turning in. NASA doesn't know the meaning of the word settle for second, though, the phrase settle for second, does he? No, he's certainly pushing hard. Both of the leaders last time around, uh, 1 minute 21.1. That's inside the old lap record from last year by half a second, but the quickest lap of the race was turned by Dane Cameron uh, five laps ago at one twenty. Point nine. So that last lap within a couple of tenths of a second of that. So they're certainly pushing hard, these two, at this stage. But I'm impressed particularly by the, the fact that the Acura at this stage is able to keep its Michelin tyres underneath it. That's been one of the car's Achilles heels this season. They've been struggling the later part of the stint. The, the Cadillacs seem to look after their tyres a little bit better than the Acura. But at this stage, Dane Cameron is, uh, has really kept those Michelins in great shape. Meantime, in the Daytona prototype battle, Colin Brown has his hands full with Philippe Albuquerque. They were going side by side down to turn three. 
a moment or two ago. And Albuquerque has got through. So that's a new sixth position for Philippe Albuquerque. Colin Brown slips back to sixth. Tristan Vortier turns his car's fastest lap of the race last time around, as does the second-place car of Philippe Nasser, and it's down to 1.2 seconds again. So Nasser comes again. You can't knock him down. I think there's just enough for Cameron, so long as he doesn't make any mistakes. The Cadillac just not getting off the corners. Turner BMW? I didn't see it come past. Uh, BMW, Turner, BMW stopped, has stopped. Bill Oberlin is out on the circuit somewhere. So has he gone down an, es an escape road? Good spot by Jeremy Shaw. That car was right up in the top six in GTD. Lexus, Porsche, Lexus, and then the two Lamborghinis then. In fourth and fifth position. That last lap by Felipe Nazar, only three hundredths of a second away from Dane Cameron's fastest lap of the race with it'll be it'll be white flag, won't it? I think coming past now, is it? Yes it is. White flag. White flag is in the air as they go through and now down into turn one. Less than a second between them. Question. Is any traffic going to play a part? I don't think so. And a new fastest lap there was again there for Felipe Nasser. <laughs> 120.923. No point for the fastest lap here. But Nasser flashing his lights. He's trying to take the attention of the leader, Dan Cameron. Three quarters of a lap to go. They head through the parkland area of Belle Isle, the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic, delivering again. And Nasser closes in as they head onto the strand with the river to their left-hand side. The body of water on the right, the inland part of the, or the lake part of the island here, now into turn seven, round the fountain. That's where we'll have our podium ceremonies. NASA's not giving up. He's got a little bit of understeer in that car. He just can't get the car turned into the apex. It's pushing away from it. But he's managing that. He's within a couple of cars lengths here. It'll be a drag race to the line, but surely Cameron's got enough in that Acura. It's been punching off the corners very well indeed. So long as he doesn't hit the wall on the outside of turn 13, which he does not, and goes across. The checkered flag is out, and the win goes to Acura. Two in a row for Penske Acura, and the Cadillac stranglehold here on Belle Isle is broken. Montoya doing his part early on and Dane Cameron bringing it home. Fastest lap for Felipe Nasser in second and Ricky Taylor makes it a 1-3 for Acura as the rain starts to fall in GT Daytona. The leaders are coming through the fountain section now and Pat Long gets a run out onto the riverside again trying to chase down Hawksworth but Hawksworth surely has got this one run as well. Good run in second for the Park Place car. Patrick Lindsay flying a whole load of drivers to Le Mans for the test day tomorrow, and it will be the number 12 Lexus RCF GT3 from Ian Sullivan that will come through and take GT3 from Porsche. It's a 1-3 in both classes. Lexus in GTD and Acura in prototype. Let's go to our DPI winners, Acura and Juan Montoya is with Shane. Juan, this is two races in a row for you guys in the number six, and the streak continues for Mr. Penske. How does this feel? Uh, it's good. It's, I mean, to win in Detroit finally, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's good. It's it's nice to be here. It's nice, you know, to be with Acura. It's an amazing program and Team Penske, and 
Rogers home race and you know I felt yesterday I did a really good job in qualifying and to convert that into a win you know Dane did an amazing job out there as well so it was we did everything we needed to do again so it's just got to keep doing that every week congrats thank you uh, that car the number six shit it's been an awesome month of May <laughs> and we're calling this the 32nd of May yeah. uh, because of that because the drivers in the number six for Penske's have done great work this 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 uh, this month I really like what Juan said in the countdown to green that uh, this was just a good start to the month of June because he's already thinking about the six hours at the Glen that comes up in about four weeks time but yeah for Mr. Penske's number six drivers including Mr. Simon Pagano who's the extra driver when we get to the long endurance races they are undefeated and takes that win jeremy shaw unofficially takes the number six crew within a point of the championship lead yeah i reckon so uh, it's uh, this is the first repeat winner of the uh oh, i beg your pardon wait a minute scratch that uh i beg your pardon uh, because it was I, I got my numbers wrong there the the, the they certainly closed up a little bit now but uh, 152 points for the uh, number 31 team, and it'll be 147 now right. for the number uh, seven team. So yeah, my apologies on that one. The number six team of the Cameron and Montoya, because they were in fourth position coming in here. Well, you do now the arithmetic while Shea Adam brings us into the driver. Well, Richard Highstand, there's a tradition here. When you win in Detroit, you get to go jump in the fountain and get wet. It's raining already, but the good news is you still get to go in the fountain. You know what? I'm going to leave that to Jack. He's the one that really won the race this time. I didn't feel like I did a whole lot, uh, but since he won it, I'm going to have him jump in the fountain. I'll just watch. You can push him in. Yeah, how hard? In. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'll do how that. badly did you guys want this second win? Yeah, I mean, I wanted it. I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, we didn't have the fastest car. I didn't think we were going to win, but I was talking to Jack earlier. He goes, you know, man, I got a feeling I think we're going to win today. And I looked at him, and he goes, yeah, I don't know how we're going to win, but I think we're going to win. And, and you know, we did. I actually went out to the corner to watch, and then he was in first place, so I didn't see the pass. I'm going to have to go watch it on TV, but he did, obviously did an amazing job. Congrats. Thank you very much. Just high stand there. Uh, teammates to Jack Hawksworth winners in the GT Daytona category. Yeah, in the Manufacturers Championship now, it's just one point between Cadillac there you go. and Acura, so uh, sort of right. <laughs> well, our Porsche keys to the race, the weather didn't play a part, track position certainly did, uh, and the tyre situation with all of the yellows really didn't play out. It was, a, it was a bit of a frustrating race earlier on there, Jeremy. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? But it, it certainly uh, made up for that in the latter stages. A tremendous run by both of these two. Uh, Cameron trying to do do his best there just to kind of manage the pace there uh, until in the final stages he had to step it up and because he'd managed his pace in the early part of that stint I think that's what enabled him to have really good tyres at the end there and able to hold off that uh, charging Cadillac behind him a really really finely judged win there for Dane Cameron and Juan Pablo Montoya great weekend for that team yeah fabulous stuff Dane Cameron and Juan Montoya uh, richly deserving the applause down at the fountain for the victory lane ceremonies. So confirmation then that the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic is won by Acura Team Penske, Dane Cameron and Juan Montoya. At the end, it was eight-tenths of a second. Fastest lap of the race and second position for the 31 team of Felipe Nazar and Pipo Durrani for the Wheel and Engineering crew. And 
Yes, and, and that, that, that won't do much good for, for Cadillac's hopes of trying to get a balanced performance adjustment in their favour. Uh, because although this, this is a sort of track that certainly should, should suit that car with its torque coming off the corners. But as we saw there in the closing stages, it was a torque of that, that uh, Acura, particularly off turn 11. Uh, because uh, turn 12 into turn 12, that's where number 31 card made several passes during this race, but he wasn't able to get even close to Cameron in the closing stages. And GT Daytona on the podium, two Lexus and a Porsche, first and third for Lexus, and the 14 yeah. car gets the repeat win. Eight tenths of a second there, actually, almost the identical gap, 0.828 there, it was 0.820 in DPI. Uh, Townsend Bell fighting off a number of cars to hold on to third position there. He'll be pleased with that. From Andy Lally in fourth position, that's always the unluckiest place, isn't it? Brian Sellers fighting back after an early incident for the 48 Paul Miller racing Lamborghini. So the two Lamborghinis, fourth and fifth in the top six, made up by the Audi. Ryan DL virtually carrying that car and uh, hustling it up to uh, sixth position for the number eight Starworks car coming up next we will have our michelin post race tech thank you very much to shea adam so stay tuned to imsa radio if you're here at the track you'll hear tony laporta and the formalities which i'm sure they'll want to get started as quickly as possible with the weather going in so we'll hand back the pa to them just as we do that remind you that tomorrow it is the le mans test day many of these drivers will be there representing imsa as well as our gt le mans drivers as well rs1 uh, from early morning it's a nine o'clock start Central European time. Hope you can join us for that. And we'll see you at Watkins Glen in a month's time for the next IMSA race. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.